Welcome to Ethics and the Naval Warrior. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. My guest is a retired Marine who served previously as the class of 1961 Professor of Leadership Education at the Naval Academy. He currently serves as the director of the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. Welcome, Dr. Joe Thomas. Thanks, Michael. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Joe, you and I share some DNA here. We're both Marines. I got to start with this story because this is the story about finishing strong. But 40 years ago, my battalion took a series of 20-mile hikes, force marches, full gear, you know, helmets, flak jackets, 81-millimeter base plates, which means a hunk of iron. And we needed to march from point A to point B. But that wasn't the finish line. The finish line was once we hiked those 20 miles, then we had to dig in and get ready for what was going to happen. The whole point of that is there really isn't a finish line, right? That's true. Yeah, the, the, the problem might be in the word finish. Uh, what you were doing in that series of marches was a movement to contact, right? Uh, odds, are, odds are pretty good. They didn't call it a finishing uh, point when you got to the objective, right? You, you got on the objective, and then you were ready for that contact. And that meant a whole nother series of actions that you had to take to dig in, to set up uh, weapon systems and, and things like that. Because guess what? The real action starts after that series of hikes. And guess what? After that action, you may have to move again to contact and, and get ready for another series of challenges. It's a great metaphor for life, Michael. So I, I, I appreciate the usage of that. I can relate to the usage of that. And uh, it is a useful way to think about uh, how we're entering into 2021. You know, we've had a heck of a year in 2020. Let's talk about that a little bit. And we can couch it in, you know, a school year. We can couch it on a pandemic that has informed the school year. Let's talk about that for a second. We'll change the analogy from a 20-mile hike to a race for vaccine. Are we there yet? Well, we are as close as, uh, as anybody could have or perhaps should have hoped for. If you think about uh, bringing a vaccine for a, a major virus like this to market, there's never been anything quite like it. I think one of the closest analogies might be the, the race to find the cure for polio, the cure of the vaccination for polio. And that was measured in years. Jonas Salk's work uh, took years to get to that point. Uh, that 10, 11 months into uh, at least our contact uh, on a large scale with coronavirus COVID-19, we are fielding um, already a pretty substantial number of vaccinations to the general population that, boy, I'm totally impressed. And unfortunately, so many people are focused in in an entirely different direction, that this is not a sufficient timeline to to bring these things out. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's just divorced from reality and how these things are typically developed. It's never happened in the history of the world that we're able to go from dead stop to some significant potential this quickly. It's true. It, and I think it speaks to the mindset, the fact that so many people are as impatient, uh, if that's a fair word in this, in this case, when we crossed the threshold of 300,000 died in this country alone. But, but the impatience, uh, I think, is more indicative of our mindset in 2021. Than, uh, than anything else, than certainly the speed of the reasonable speed of, uh, of bringing a vaccine to market. 
So let's talk about that impatience. Let's talk about, I don't know if it's an American thing, a human thing. I mean, why do people want to slow down as they're getting close to this finish line, if, if you want to call it that? Sure. Well, it's interesting that you say, is it a human thing? Is it a cultural thing? I think there's a lot uh, that, that's pointing at us as Americans in this moment in time. I think psychologically, certainly, uh, there's you know, built into all of us, a, a natural impatience, a, a need to kind of move on to the next thing. Uh, sometimes a, uh, a tendency to, to, to wallow in self-pity uh, over situations like this, a feeling of helplessness uh, that captures our imagination and attention. Uh, that's, that's human to be that way. But as Americans, I think there are cultural dynamics that, in play that make us particularly susceptible to not finishing strong, to go back to that term. Uh, Michael, as you know, for, for many years now, I've, I've done these things called language regional expertise uh, and cultural immersions, LRECs, here at the Naval Academy. And of the, the many things we learn in engaging with cultures unlike our own, and, and my particular LRECs uh, are designed to engage with remote cultures and austere environments. So choosing globally, the most different cultures, the, the cultures most unlike our own. Uh, I have found that one thing we typically learn, both the midshipmen and I learn in each case, is our conception of time is much different as Americans. Everything is, is pressing for us. Everything has to meet certain timelines. We need to move on to the next thing. We are as impatient a culture, I believe, as exists on the planet today. Uh, it's baked into our cultural DNA in this way. And we typically observe in these other cultures a, a much more kind of languid pace, a, a much more uh, scripted view of life that all these things are going to, they'll come in their own time. They have kind of standard ways of approaching crises that uh, at least uh, on the face appear to be much more patient in the face of crisis. Is that because we in this culture howl against nature, howl against the environment, push back on things because, dagnamit, we're Americans and we get things done, as opposed to try to figure out a way to fit ourselves within nature, fit ourselves within what's going on around us? You know, I, I call that you're in the middle of a stream with a paddle and a canoe, and as opposed to trying to rush up the stream, you're coming downstream and trying to carve or sculpt where you're going, not fighting the current. Sure. Yeah, there's, there's many dimensions of culture. Uh, most of those dimensions are given to us by a Dutch cultural anthropologist named uh, Geert Hofstede. And one of the things that Americans score at least on one of those dimensions that we score incredibly at one end of the spectrum is the idea of performance orientation. We're oriented toward performance, constant achievement, accomplishment, um, you know, kind of, and then moving on to the next thing, which is, has a time orientation with it too. So there's no doubt about it that uh, just the way we're brought up in the United States, the way our businesses run, the way our schools run, everything is on the clock and by the clock. We have the uh, kind of internal, almost it seems like an innate belief 
that we can control circumstances around us to include the environment, right? We, we, we could, we, we, we opened the West. We, we conquered the frontier. We, we pushed on to our manifest destiny and, and thereby control uh, our destiny and control things in every single way. This is it. While it's not unique to Americans, it's most pronounced uh, in Americans. And I think in a moment such as the, the current pandemic that we're, uh, that we're coming through, uh, this is the real downside of that, because this is truly beyond our control, where other perhaps more collectivist cultures, rather than in the individualistic culture like ours, they tend to accept this uh, pandemic as beyond our control. So they'll more... Uh, readily hunker down a little bit and do those things that are in the collective interest rather than our individual interest, where Americans push back at every turn. And and I'm not I'm not being critical. Uh, I, I, I suffer from this myself. I I am incredibly impatient. Uh, I I want to move on to the next thing. I want to get beyond this, and I have to check myself culturally as well as psychologically against that tendency. Let's bring it home to the yard here, Joe. This is great. And talk about impatience, but I'm going to talk about the impatience or the anticipation. They're different words, but especially for midshipmen coming back who are going to graduate at the end of this semester. Big day, big event. But is that the finish line? Is that what we've been waiting for, they've been waiting for for the last four years? I mean, what does it mean to get to that date based on this concept of finish line? That's a great question. So as mids near the end of this exceptionally trying academic year, at least the firsties, the seniors will move toward commencement. And, and that word is, uh, is specifically chosen, right? It's not graduation as much as it is commencement. You're commencing into the next stage of, of your life. You're the, a professional stage where you're moving off to the Navy and Marine Corps to do bigger and better things, presumably, right? Um, I, I like the use of that word uh, rather than graduation. Graduation is a part of it. I mean, you you should take stock of and you should celebrate the accomplishments of the past four years. And for uh, for those juniors and, and underclass, you should take stock of, of, of what you're able to do in spite of all the environmental obstacles this year. However, there are bigger obstacles ahead. There are greater challenges out there ahead of you. And we need to commence to looking in that direction now, looking to the future. So really, so that we don't build a, a sense of, of intolerance for risk, we need to change our mindsets about the nature of this as not a finishing point, but rather really just a new beginning. We're just, we're flexing into the next stage of our lives. I like the way you said that. I'll go back to my 20-mile hike and dig an analogy. One of uh, my best sergeants, once we got to our position and we dug in, I watched him with his squad pull out his K-bar and start sharpening it. And what he was doing was saying, okay, I've, I've done that. I've accomplished this hike. I've accomplished this, this positioning. And now I'm getting sharper for the next thing coming down the path. Yeah, you know, speaking of uh, of that platoon sergeant or squad leader, uh, they oftentimes use the language of "you're in your prep time," right? You'll hear that on the rifle range. You'll hear that in every possible setting when you're in the field. You're in your prep time. 
Uh, that prep time doesn't end until index is called. The end of exercise is called. You're always in your prep time. Uh, and I think you need to grab every scrap of time available to you, consider it as prep time for some future challenge, for some obstacle out there, unforeseen obstacle out there that you need to get ready for. In fact, on a much larger scale, the bigger picture of this is our life is prep time. Like The only time we're going to run out of obstacles and challenges on our horizon is when we die, right? So don't be in a rush to, to end your prep time, right? Don't think that you're ever going to be able to just kick back and do nothing. Because when you are static to that degree, you are in fact dead. Dr. Thomas, words of wisdom. Thank you very much for joining us. Michael, it's always my pleasure. Uh, thanks. And, and thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to, uh, to, to have this discussion in this way. It, it makes me uh, think more clearly about what, uh, what the future holds out there in terms of challenges and obstacles. You've been listening to Ethics in the Naval Warrior, produced by the Boeing Leadership Innovation Lab at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. You can find more of our podcasts by visiting the Radio Stockdale page at usna.edu.